Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath May 6th, we look at Lesson 6, the hour of his judgment. Together, let's look at the 2300-day prophecy and what it means for us here in 2023. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. All right, Michael, here we are, Lesson 6, The Hour of His Judgment. I've been really enjoying this quarter. And uh, this memory text uh, is moving forward, uh, and I think it's exciting just because it gets back once again to our roots of who we are, and lest we ever forget, uh, what a great time to remind us, right? Absolutely. All right, so this is coming from Romans chapter 13, verses 11 and 12. And do this, knowing the time, that now is high time to awake out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than we than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Right? So time is not over yet. I hear a lot of churches waiting around for translation, uh, but it's not time yet. Now is the time to spread the gospel, to be the voices of the angels that God has called us to, to be. Uh, and although his judgment, the hour of his judgment has come, there's still time for repentance. There's still time for people to come uh, into the fold of God. And so, Michael, anything to add to that? No, I, I, I think you're exactly right. I mean, we're getting to the essence of, of Adventist theology, this, this idea of judgment. And I think the thing that I think is important for me to, to keep reminding myself is, is judgment can sound kind of scary, right? You know, the power of judgment, but it says his judgment. And when we realize we're not the ones that are under trial here, then, and then there's a word of good news here. Yes, I, I I love that you shared that, and so tell us a little bit about that that good news in the cleansing of the sanctuary. Absolutely. So it's interesting the three angels' messages. That's what we're talking about, right? So the 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 first Adventist that really interpreted it in a significant way was William Miller, and so he talked about the first angel the preaching the everlasting gospel, and he said that's that's what we're doing. And then the second angel's message. Um, well, that's when Jesus comes, right? And so, right. And so it, it's only with time as they keep studying the Bible that, that they begin to actually get some kind of concept of what exactly. And so this whole idea of cleansing of the sanctuary, Miller believed, was going to be this earth at the second coming of Christ. And, it, and again, they're disappointed and everything else, but as they continue studying their Bible, uh, that that they're growing in their understanding, and that's what I love about Scripture and how God works mm-hmm. both in terms of across across history, across time and place, and even in our own individual lives. As God works with, with us where we're at, and and so Daniel chapter eight fourteen, probably there's no more foundational text to Adventism than Daniel eight fourteen, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and so I uh, and, and so we have this this text for us. He said to me, it will take twenty three hundred evenings and mornings and then the sanctuary will be consecrated. So this idea of an evening and morning, you know, the, the a day starts from evening. Right. So this idea of a day and uh, this is the Hebraic uh, idea or concept of a day and a day is a year which has been established across church history. 
from the early Christian church through the medieval period. Mm-hmm. This was not unusual to look in Bible prophecy and see a day as a year. Um, and so our Adventist forebears, they they were just using something that was pretty uh, well accepted and understood among many Bible expositors. So they weren't just coming up with something crazy here. This is, and so, so yeah, so there is a timetable. That's what this is asking. Um, what specific timetable? 2,300 days or years. So we should be able to look and see that the end of that 2,300 days. So um, a lot of people have pointed to the decree to rebuild and re, uh, uh, the restore and rebuild Jerusalem, 457 BC. And then you add 2300, you get to 1843, or if you add this year, the year zero, 1844, right? So, okay. so something significant, something special, Buster, happens in 1844. And that's instead of this earth being cleansed with fire, it's actually the sanctuary that in heaven that is being cleansed. And so that that's really kind of the 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 crux here of what is going on. And so uh, Daniel, Daniel, the prophet, he responds, uh, when he hears this news, he hears this, this thing, 2,300 days, uh, evenings, mornings, whatever, um, that this was o- overwhelming for him. It says, I, Daniel was worn out. We don't always think about what it was like to be a prophet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what would it be like, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and and poor guy, he says he's worn out. It says, I lay exhausted for several days. And then he starts getting up to, to, to go about the king's business. And then of all things, he says, I was appalled by the vision because it was beyond understanding. So, so you know, it, it, it is possible. This is the human side coming out. Like, I mean, it's overwhelming. What does this mean? I have no clue. Yes. But yet God had, God had revealed it, right? And so... Um, and then later, Daniel chapter nine talks about this. And while he's in prayer, 21 verses 21, 22, Gabriel, we'd seen earlier in vision, came to me in swift flight about the time of the evening sacrifice. So that's, again, it's talking the same thing, evening, morning, it's talking about this cleansing thing, right? Verse 22, he instructed me and said to me, Daniel, I have now come to give you insight and understanding. And and sometimes there are those times and those parts of God's word where where just it may not make any sense to us. And we need that spiritual eye solve. We need yes. we need the Holy Spirit. We need God's divine intervention to kind of wake us up and help us to understand what is seemingly overwhelming. And so that's that's part of what's going on. But thanks to this divine insight, we know we know what's going on that that there's a specific time period and a specific action. But 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 that's when we get into Monday's lesson, um, the 2300 days and the end of time. Uh, what What is that? What happens next, Buster? Well, Michael, I'm glad you asked. It tells us to look at Daniel chapter 8, verses 17, and then also looking at 19 and 26. 17 says, so he came near where I stood. And when I came, when when he came, I was afraid and fell on my face. But he said to me, understand, son of man, the vision refers to the time of the end. Gabriel's words there. And verse 19, he said, look, I am making known to you what shall happen in the latter time of the indignation. For at the appointed time, the end shall be. And then verse 26, and the vision of the evenings and mornings, which was told is true. Therefore, seal up the vision for it refers to many days in the future. So this was not something that was happening right away. This is something that was going to happen very uh, much later in the future. And it talks about the argument between uh, who is this little horn? Uh, I know we're getting to a lot of technical uh, technicalities here, but I want the audience to know 
don't be afraid of any of this. Breathe it in, understand it, go through, read uh, our literature, because we've had our no all the way from our pioneers to theologians now that are going through and looking at all this. And yes, there's some opposing vo- voices, but for the most part, there's an agreement on who all of these representations are in the Bible and where, don't where they take are. Don't take our word for it. Yeah, yeah. Don't take our word for it and where they fit at today. And so some will say that the little horn is uh, Antiochus Epiphanes, but we believe and we know we can see it that it's obvious uh, that it's Rome because of the uh, because of the power that it, that it has, as well as the religious and uh, and I guess you could say military power, not just military power. Uh, but it goes on and asks this question, what time period does the angel declare that the vision of Daniel 8 and the 23 prophecy apply to? And once again, that is the end of time. Uh, and so some people will look at that and they'll say, well, we, we don't understand. Well, we are, if you look at the statue of Daniel chapter 2, I love how my dad always used to preach about this, uh, all the way from the head of Babylon, all the way down to the feet, we are at the toenails of time. <laughs> And so that's important to understand and to know, because uh, people, uh, you've, we've, I know I've heard it all my life growing up. Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. Well, soon is relative, um, meaning uh, some people believe soon is within the next 20 minutes, but soon to God is a lot different. Soon to God can be within the next hundred years or, or could be in the next thousand years. But yeah, compared is as of a thousand years and a exactly. thousand years a day. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But as we look at uh, Earth's history, the time that God has planned for us and what he has said, what happened has happened. And so therefore, we really are at the tail end. And now is the time to come. And I think we see uh, time and time again, not just the signs of the time, but man's degradation his heart growing cold, growing further away from God. And you can say, well, Rome did that and uh, Babylon did that, right? Like we see all these different entities that did that, but every measure becomes with so much more intensity and it's increasing more and more. And so as we're looking at it, it's important to understand what this, uh, what Gabriel's saying about the 2300 days is not to give us fear, but f- to make us aware and beg, equip us with making wonderful decisions towards coming to God and taking joy in the fact that we have hope, that hope is not lost, but hope is here, knowing that we know what's going to happen. And we take a resolution in that because God is in control. And, and so as we have that mindset of the end times and 2300 day prophecy, uh, Michael, tell us a little bit about the angel's instruction to Daniel. Absolutely. So uh, Daniel chapter nine, verse 23 has this kind of next pivotal part. And it says, um, this is the uh, description here, the encounter with Gabriel. And it says, as, you be, as soon as you began to pray, a word went out, which I have come to tell you, for you are highly esteemed. So first thing we see the action happening is prayer. And I, I think that's 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 important. You know, when we feel overwhelmed and here, Daniel definitely felt overwhelmed. Yes, yes he did. Frustrated. Do we dare say a mad prophet? <laughs> yes. He, he's an upset prophet, right? He's, he is. Sounds like he's a little depressed even. And uh, and yet um, I love that in his humanness as he's struggling with what he has experienced and seen um, that then he he eventually he turns to prayer. A word went out that as he began to pray. I, I just think that's a beautiful thing. 
And and that should give us solace. If a prophet is suffering and feeling frustrated, how much more the rest of us that when we go through challenges and whatever we may be going through, it's okay to feel these very human emotions and and to not to acknowledge and say, you know, we don't understand everything about the Bible. We don't understand everything about God's plan no, we for don't. our lives, let alone for the the plan of salvation. But I love that a word went out or that he began to pray. And that's that's a good posture. And I think this is a good example that we can take away from this from from Daniel in terms of trying to to understand this. And uh, uh, Daniel 814 um, and just reminding us again, what is actually going to happen? There's going to be a reconsecration. There's going to be a cleansing. There, mm-hmm. There's going to be a, a, a reunification process that eventually takes place as a result, that there is hope through, through um, these challenges. And then uh, Daniel chapter 9, verses 24 to 27, kind of continuing the, the rest of the story, we might say, uh, that it's describing for us the... Um, it talks about uh, 77s that are decreed. So kind of a little bit complicated, but but basically it's pointing to when Jesus uh, will come as the Messiah. Uh, and it says to your holy city to finish transgression, to put an end to sin. Well, when does that take place? Well, when Jesus dies on the cross, that's when he nails uh, literally <laughs> he, yeah. he the cross, but yes. it's nailing the end of sin. It's, it's putting mm-hmm. an end you know that is the 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 I guess maybe the the uh, proverbial you know nail in the coffin or nail in the casket, but literally for sin, that is when the fate of, of yeah that that that's it exactly. And so what we have is a reminder. And so in the midst of being overwhelmed by all of the prophecy and the dates and everything else going on and not really understanding is a, a, a word of hope, a word of reassurance. The Messiah will come, and there's some specific tangible uh reminders here is what you need to know that that the messiah will come and will be put to death in verse 26 and we'll have nothing and then finally uh the end of verse 27 there will be an end to sacrifice and offering well the only time there's an end to sacrifice and offering in the temple is when the actual messiah shows up and um that's a beautiful promise beautiful yes, reminder. Um, a great way to deal with problems is prayer uh, let God know how you're really feeling. If a prophet can be mad at God, <laughs> that's kind of what's going on here, right? Uh, that how much more, I mean, for all of us that to to just be real with God and tell him what our challenges are. And, um, and, and that's part of, of the, the Christian uh, walk, the Christian experience is it's not just a one-sided thing where we only receive, listen, listen, listen to the word of God, but, but we actually, um, encounter God and say, uh, you are a real and true and living God. And I want you to be real to me and in my life and my experience. And I'm, I'm, this is the reality, the, the challenges I'm facing and, um, and tell God what you're facing. It doesn't promise to keep you and magically transform yeah. you to so take you away from all these challenges. Even the prophet is kind of feeling <laughs> depressed, but, but God will be with you in the midst of those challenges. And that's, that's the beauty of it. Well, we know the Messiah is coming. It was prophesied. That's what Na- Daniel chapter nine is all about. But then it talks about specifically, and I, I hope I didn't get ahead of you, Buster. No, that's but, perfectly uh, fine. The Messiah getting cut off. So let's, you know, back to you. Michael, I can get mad at you a lot of things, but I can never get mad at you for pointing at the cross. <laughs> that's the <laughs> that's the gospel. That's the beauty of it. And Isn't it? Yes. And so this lesson is bringing out now 
uh, what is this notion of the Messiah being cut off? And so there is Mm -hmm. another prophecy that's mentioned. But before we get into the prophecy, I want to read Romans chapter five, verses six through nine. So we understand the gospel a little bit more. For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly for uh, us for scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would uh, even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us much more than having now been justified by his blood. We shall be saved from wrath through him. And that's coupled with Michael Daniel chapter nine, verse 26. And after the after the 62 weeks, uh, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. The people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary and the end of it shall be with the flood until the end of the war desolations are determined. And so once again, what is this? What does all this mean? Well, as you look here, and I don't want to geek out on everyone, but as we look here, the decree to de- to rebuild uh, uh, was actually sent by Artaxerxes in 457. If you get ever get a chance and just look at history once again, if you look at Nehemiah, like it's just, it's just so neat how it all ties in together. Uh, God is wonderful in making sure that there is an account. And so Artaxerxes issues the decree, but then as, as you look here, it says from this decree in 457 BC until the Messiah, according to Daniel, would be 69 weeks or 483 years. As we look forward, Michael, it eventually comes to 27 AD when uh, the Messiah was baptized and we see his ministry for three and a half years. And it ultimately leads to once again, you mentioned it earlier, Michael, in 31 AD of in that middle of there being an end to sacrifice and offering, Daniel 9, 27. And that is the Messiah on the cross. That is Jesus on the cross, making an end to like the ultimate victory, the nail in the coffin, as you put it, but also giving us the victory. And so looking at all this and tying it all together, recognizing that from the foundation of the world that God had a plan and his plan was not haphazard. It wasn't something that accidentally fell into place. It was intentional and God knew it and God set it in place. And we had the Messiah who carried it out and he carried it out, not because, well, it's just his mission or I have to, but he did it out of love, out of sacrifice for us. And that's important for us to remember. And so anytime you feel down or out, you feel like you don't understand or know Just take solace in the fact that you have a Messiah that chose to die for you and chose to die for you before you even existed. And so with that being said, Michael, finish us off with the year 1844. It comes back to uh, exactly back to judgment, which is where we started off this lesson and the 2300 days that kind of culminates in 1844. So you do all the math. Mm -hmm. it, it, It makes sense. It adds up. Um, and something significant there is going to happen. And there's a couple of passages here for us, Leviticus 16, 16. Um, and and uh, there's no more Adventist date than 1844, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> we call it October 22, 1844. I used to tell my students, you know, it's often referred to as the great disappointment. But I, I try to remind them it wasn't till the next day they were disappointed. October 22, 1844 should be the day of great 
anticipation. So I think a better way to frame it, 1844, yeah, they didn't quite have it all figured out. Yes, they were disappointed, but even better is they uh, is this idea, this concept of anticipation. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and so, uh, and and this idea, and, and Mark Finley uh, ties this in the lesson here, Leviticus 16, talking about the atonement uh, that takes place on the, um, in the most holy place. So most of the year, you have the cleansing work of the priest that would be in the regular sanctuary. But uh, on the one one day a year uh, was the Day of Atonement. Uh, and, and the Karaite Jews, the strictest Jews in the 19th century, that would have been October 22 for the year 1844. So that's why that date's kind of significant, right? And right. So, so 1844... Um, that that this is the day of atonement and so the other passage talks about what what did they do well leviticus chapter 23 verses 26 to 29 talks about this again 10th day of the seventh month the day of atonement hold a sacred assembly present food offerings don't do any work on that day because it is the day of atonement in other words don't be distracted. Something special is going on and and pay attention because this is really significant. I want your full attention. And so I know some people have gotten into typology and started coming up with some pretty crazy ideas there, Buster. Uh-oh. You know, uh, <laughs> it says don't work there. Does that mean we shouldn't work at all anymore? Right. Um, I, I think yeah, Mike, so Michael Campbell is going to take care of us all. Yeah, right. If only, wouldn't that be nice? I think we better be talking to like Bill Gates or somebody else. Yes. Uh, uh, to, to, if, if we want that, but I, you know, um, we we have to recognize the symbolism that there's something significant. What's the point? Yeah. God wants our attention because if if we take this overly literally, um, I don't think that was the intent of this. But but there is something really significant. We see it typologically in the sanctuary service, and that's kind of again where we draw these. Um, analogies uh and, and this idea and at the end of time god's people will god wants their full attention yes and, yes. uh and so if we if we do that um that we recognize christ is our sacrifice and christ is coming again and that we need to keep our eyes centered on christ and god's people at the end of time those that are living in this anti-typical day of atonement if you would um, they, they more than any other time, and we see this in the three angels' messages. What are they proclaiming? The everlasting gospel. They will have the most Christ-centered focus of any people in all of human history. Mm-hmm. That they want everybody to know about Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and that He's coming Amen. back again very soon. Amen. You know, Michael, as as you shared that, it just reminded me: Christ did not die and sacrifice Himself to spend eternity with us in the future. He died to spend eternity with us starting right now. He says, I want time with you. I want you. I died for you, not just for your, you know, not for your sins. Right? I'm like, Christ died for my sins. No, he died to save us from our sins. And there's a big difference there. And hopefully we understand it for the relational aspect. I love it. I love it. So um, judgment, it's not scary. It's his judgment because it's all about Jesus. And um, that's the good news of the judgment. And as Adventists, we can proclaim the ever the news of the investigative judgment or whatever you want to call it. We have a lot of Adventist terminology and jargon for it. But the bottom line is, is that it's actually good news. Yes. Amen. And I love that. And Michael, I think that puts us to an end this week. A wrap, huh? Another yeah. week. It's hard to believe we're moving right through this 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 series. And so until next time, uh, this is Soup. And Swoops. Signing, signing out. out. 
As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.